Hello, everyone. Kirk Henderson coming to you on Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. You know what, guys? Tonight, I don't think we need therapy. I think we're in a great mental state. The Mavericks just can't completed their biggest come-from-behind victory of the season, defeating the Los Angeles Lakers 108-93. to They held the Lakers to 33 points in the second half, and they just played a, a, a resilient basketball game. I, Josh Bow and I recorded a podcast, which is going, if you're listening to this uh, uh, live, it's going up in your feed in the morning. Uh, if you're, if you're coming to this on the podcast Sunday afternoon, uh, you, you know what, you already know the drill, but the, the, the Mavericks played a, a weird game. It was a, a bit of a rock fight uh, in the first half, really just kind of overall. And the Mavericks were down by 17 at one point, looked like the Lakers are just going to run away from it. And, and they, they, Finishes the first half, hitting a couple of, of uh, Luca hit a three, Brunson hit uh, uh, three free throws on a weird uh, three-point foul. And then in the second half, uh, they just carved the Lakers' uh, trapping of Luca apart. Um, it was one of the more clinical performances I've seen on how to deal with getting doubled on screen and rolls. Luca was just a maestro. It was really, really fun. Um, and we're going to talk about it here. So let's, uh, I'm going to bring people up, uh, uh, in order. Um, though I, I have to give preference to, to my wonderful Mavs Moneyball staff. Uh, coming up first is, uh, is Ben. Hey Ben, what's up? Hey Kirk, how's it going, man? I'm excited. I'm happy. That was, that was beautiful. I mean, that's, that was basketball, man. That was what I signed up to watch that second half. The first half was super gross. Did not enjoy the second half made it all worth it. Um, I mean, the, the Lakers weren't playing LeBron, you know, they were, they were, they were missing a lot of guys. Anthony Davis is coming back from some injuries and playing limited minutes, but I don't care because they actually did something I've been looking for all year. They overcame adversity and made winning basketball plays. So I'm excited to see this team take a step forward. Finally, I don't know if it means anything going towards the postseason, but at least they finally you know, I don't know, just played basketball the way it's supposed to be played for once. So I'm just happy. Yeah, it was, it's happy as what you ought to be because the, the Mavericks have just, they're, they're so up and down. And when they get punched in the mouth, there's not a lot of, of, of coming up and, and, sh- and responding to it, quite honestly. And it's, if we're going to stay up late and watch basketball, we might as well watch a team that shows a little bit of heart. And there have been times this year where they haven't. And the Lakers are a challenging team to play against. They're long. They play a, a smash mouth style defense that I am really, I like, I, I'm glad it works for them, but it, it's sort of frustrating to watch as a fan of a team playing against them just because they have dudes who just ride you all game and get away with, with some really nasty, you know, physicality that other teams like the Mavericks can never do what, what, what the Lakers do. I was glad that I was just glad they pulled through. It was fun. Yeah, it was a blast. They, they made, uh, especially Powell, um, he, every time, you know, they, they trapped Luca above the break and he would kick it over to Powell diving through the lane. He made the right basketball play, like at least 95% of the time. It, you know, if he needed to kick it out to the shooter, then he did. If he needed to, you know, score, he did. He, he did what was supposed to be done every time. And, and Luca got just a ton of hockey assists off of that. You know, he, he only got credited with 13 assists, but I guarantee it should be 20. So, you know, just, I don't know. I had fun. It was great. I'm glad you brought up Powell. I don't know why I didn't. Probably because I just got done talking about Powell for 20 minutes with Josh. And in my brain, I'm thinking, hey, we've talked about Powell, but I haven't talked about Powell with you guys. And anybody hearing this in the podcast also hasn't, you know, heard us talk about Powell. And it was really something, you know, the, the postgame quotes from Rick Carlisle are hilarious. Uh, they're, they're the same, you know, sort of stuff that he just like when he pumps his guys up, he really pumps his guys up. I have no idea if Dwight Powell's back. Not sure I care. I'm glad that it worked. I'm glad that they did it because he was so important to the win. 21 second half points, uh, 25, a season high, one off his career high of 26. And he he just, I, I, I talked about this with Josh. People very much underestimate how difficult it is to be a role man. You have to have spatial awareness, touch, and sort of an ability to be a, a bit of a, like a pinball. Um, and Powell was just so good at those sorts of things tonight. His, his finishing was incredible. He had a couple of, of like bump and finishes and 
you know, Powell's not an and one kind of guy. And and he just was, he was just really is fundamentally sound. It's like the sort of thing that you would show kids who are just learning how to deal with the pick and roll situations. He was great. I was, I was really happy for, for Powell. I, I, it's just the, the rim rolling aspect is something the Mavericks had needed. Like they ran it with Maxi in the third and the fourth and Maxi like threw up a floater. That was just one of the ugliest shots all game long. And it's like, it, it just kind of highlighted the difficulty of what happens if you're not doing that that much. Cause it's, it's a feel based yeah. position. Like you need to have reps and, and get kind of going. If you do it once every three games, you're not going to know what to do. Yeah, it, it, it's so weird that he, Dwight Powell, can't just, like, go to Willie Colleystein and say, hey, man, here's what you need to do and, like, work on it in practice, you know, or something and just pick it up. But you're right, it's such a feel, and it's so obvious when you watch Powell that nobody else on the team has that feel. So it's good that it seems to be, he's, he seems to be getting back to him, his physical self. Um, so maybe he can contribute that way because the defense is, is pretty, you know, iffy with him sometimes. You know, I think we've compared him to a saloon door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he battled tonight. He he held yeah. Andre Drummond. Like I was proud of him tonight. Real yeah. proud. Yeah. So you know, it, it, it's weird that he has like this special talent that it seems like he can't teach to anybody. But it's it's like you said, it's it's a hard thing because it's it's knowing when to hesitate and then dive or to immediately dive off the screen. It's just a weird, you know, not position, but I don't know what to call it. But just a weird basketball thing that you have to do and and he seems to be the only big on the team that gets it poor zingas every now and then when he you know feels like it seems to have some sort of sense of diving to the basket but it's it, it comes and goes very rarely so you know um yeah like you said happy for pal that he had this big game because he he does a lot of things you know I, I know a lot of uh, mavs fans don't care for pal but you can tell a lot of times he sometimes you know these these dead energy games that the Mavs have he's the only one out there trying so yep. you know that that that's why he you know if you're curious as to why he keeps getting in the lineup that's why you know he stands out like a sore thumb sometimes amongst these guys um because he's the only one out there diving for loose balls and stuff like that so you know I'm, I'm glad he finally gets a game like this for all fighting through this devastating injury and then you know, having a game like this when, when he's put in the work all year long. So happy for him. Yeah, me too. Well, Ben, if you want to hang out, you're welcome to, I'm going to start bringing folks up. Um, if y'all could, I want you to speak a piece and let's also keep it brief because I have 11 requests. <laughs> so we're going to start flying through people. Uh, coming up first, repeated guest, Sam, what's happening, my man. What's up, Kirk? Remember what we were talking about a couple of nights ago? Oh, Dwight Powell, if he's the answer, this is, might be kind of sad. Well, and now um, I think he might be the answer in that starting lineup. I mean, he brings the energy up every game. I'm starting to notice it now. Because the Mavs, I feel like in the beginning of the games and stuff, I feel like, what's the word? Luca, he always tries to slow down the tempo. I mean, that's good, but sometimes we need to, like, fast break pace basketball, you know? And having Dwight Powell on the roll and him just catching lobs, it kind of boosts the um the team up a little bit, you know. Yeah, no, and, they 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 feed. They're such a younger. I don't know that there's not the veteran like Powell's probably the closest thing to a veteran presence on the team past JJ, and they they just kind of feed off that those sort of energy plays. And when guy shots aren't falling like Tim and Brunson, they need something good to happen. And and Powell has been the answer for. You know, they've not won all these games, but I guess they have. They, you know, they they've won three. As if they won three straight, my brain is not functioning. Yeah, we, yeah, we won three straight. Pistons, yeah, and, Lakers back to back. Yeah, so like that matters. Like, it, it, there's just something to it. You you have enough. Um. Oh yeah, I, I have one more take also. Sure. Um, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty sure that Maxi is not going to be starting whenever like all the like when KP and Jay Rich all come back. I'm pretty sure he won't be starting. Um, Which I, might be that might be for the best. Like Maxi yeah. is an important player to the team, but they also like they put a lot on these role players sometimes, and it's not fair. Like cycle them in and out based off of matchup. Don't always go with the same start. I uh, no, yes, I feel like the Mavs they shouldn't always have DFS. The normal the, the normal starting lineup. I don't like it with Luca, Jay Rich, DFS, and then Dwight Powell, and then KP. But then um. Listen, I know this. Actually, I'll talk about this another time. I'll, <laughs> I, this, I, I, I think the Mavs. I, I, I know you people might think I'm stretching, but 
I think they have there there is a way that they could get like pretty deep in the playoffs. And it, it just depends about who they play, all right? Because if they can play Denver in the first round, if they go to the fifth seed and, they, and the Denver's the fourth seed, and I know so not, it's a, I'll be a battle, but I think the Mavericks, every time they play, even now Jamal Murray's out, it's going to affect them. But now that Jamal is out, I think the Mavs can beat them in a, in a good like seven to six-game series. I think we can beat them. Do you agree with me or not? I will take the Mavericks in any seven-game series. I really – I feel confident in them in a seven-game series. My beef all year long has been getting to the dang seven-game series. Yeah, just get where, to the playoffs and they'll win. Just get right. there, man. It, like, give them an opportunity. Let them do something. This, like, tonight, when the last three games have been an example of why I'm still super into Carlisle as a coach because he I love, just, I, like... He's just, he's but, his experience comes in clutch. His yes. experience comes... It's, it's very... And so there's... That's sort of why I, like, as much as they frustrate me and I will get mad and in-game stuff about what's happening. When it comes to the ability to throw all your chips on the line, Rick Carlisle coach team led by Luka Doncic is scary as hell. And that's, that's kind of the simplest point. I remember last year in the first round of the playoffs, I thought we were going to ask it against the Clippers, but then the, the, literally we were beating them 18 to like two in the first quarter. I'm like, all right, Rick Hall, all right, Rick. You know, yeah. in that book. Yeah. So back to what I was saying about like the, this like seeding, right? Okay, listen. So if we play the D- Denver in the first round, that means we'll play Utah or Phoenix. So, okay, let's okay. Let's say for right now we're gonna play Utah, and I think it, there is a chance we can beat Utah too, right? So then yep. that puts us in the conference finals, but we're probably gonna lose. They're not going past conference, but I'm just saying. I know this might be a stretch, but I think we could get to the conference finals. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think there's an extremely dumb timeline where the Mavericks get to the Western Conference Finals, where Dorian Finney-Smith and Kleba and you know a couple other guys are just shooting you know the lights out, and, and I, I'm here for it. I, you know, it's it's maybe unlikely, but it, it all depends who they play. It all depends. Yeah. Yeah, if the matchups work out and, you know, you get injury breaks, you know, you never know. So we'll, we'll see. There's also a timeline where they lose in five games in the first round. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm i just here for the ride, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think I think that's great. Sam, you got anything else before I uh, no, that's go on all our next got, guest? Man. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for hanging out. There, man. Sure see you. All right, coming up next, Anthony. Anthony, you there? You yeah, you can. We can hear you. All right. I know Dwight Powell's getting a lot of love tonight, but I think we also need to give love to Dorian. He had 21 tonight, and also I think there was four offensive rebounds. And he's he's honestly been, he's been playing really good this month, and I'm glad to see that. Dorian is the most consistent Mavs player past Luca. <laughs> I made the joke last night that that or the last time we were on one of these where it's just like. I, he's the only guy I feel confident in taking a shot right now, which is a sentence that I cannot believe I'm saying out loud compared to, um, you know, I've, I've watched the guy shoot in like the high twenties and he's shooting something bananas from three since, since his son was born or since his last child was born. And I, I he's, he's outstanding. He's reliable. We, we I, you're right. We haven't talked about it. We kind of take him for granted. 21 points, seven boards, three assists, two steals and mean mugged Andre Drummond to the point where I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go give the guy a hug. It's outstanding. Yeah, I believe he's been shooting in the mid forty percent from three oh, since his son was born. It's so this guy shooting forty percent from three. Ah, oh, it's great. It's great, and he's and, playing just like like. And uh, one more thing, uh, I think JJ Redick has been a great addition to the team. He's been playing small amounts of minutes, but he's also been really efficient. Yeah. He he's he looks to pass in situations where a lot of the other guards that are in the the reserve roles don't, and he runs hard, and he just he makes he you know he makes a couple of plays where I'm like why are you doing that like one of his turnovers was terrible but his he he hit had another drive to the lane he's just such a the the three pointer that he hit in the corner had me cackling because like it's like the Lakers forgot about JJ Redick what a wild. Yeah, and it's also good not having to play Trey Burke 15 minutes a night. It is. It is, which, you know, is is just that that's understatedly incredibly important because Trey Burke was going to give. Yeah. Hey, Amen. That's everything I have. Thanks for hanging out, man. We appreciate you. No problem. All right. Coming up next is uh, my friend EJ. 
EJ, what's up, my man? Yo. You there? Hey, buddy. Yeah, how I'm are here. you? Doing all right, man. Uh, all I got to say is every time Willie Cauley-Stein gets fed the ball to pass, it's like it's like back when you were watching the Lakers and Ron Artest would pull up a three, and you were just like, no, 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 no. He's such a confusing athlete. He's incredibly gifted. But he does like he does something stupid, and then he does something amazing. It, there's right. there's kind of the Willie experience is just the full range of emotions within you know like a. Th- yeah, yeah, but he was more good than bad, which is what we needed, and uh, that's right. It, I'm just glad that he annoyed uh, Drummond and Davis enough uh, to keep him to keep him down. Uh, also. Uh, my big problem with Luca, you know, I know he's just 22, but like, man, when his energy is down, uh, he just he drags the rest of the team down. But today, tonight, maybe it was the the one tech, uh, but he kept his energy up, and we got over the 17 point uh, deficit. Yeah, yeah, his that's a. The energy observation about him is is something I don't think we talk about enough on here. We talk about like the team energy lacking, but he's the leader, and that's the sort of thing where, as much as Jeff Van Gundy complaining about it and talking about it drives me crazy, where he does have a point where he he just can't let those things get to him the way that he does. You know, he was yeah. complaining about a foul on a three that, as far as I could see, didn't happen. So it's like yeah. I don't know what some of the things are going through his head, other than. I think it's the. Uh, I mean, he's twenty-two. <laughs> Look, yeah. we, we gotta, we can't forget the fact that this kid is still real young. Yeah, he's he he has the professional experience, but uh, not NBA experience, and he's really just gotta have a little bit better mental tough, toughness. And I think that'll just come with the years. Yeah, I agree with you. You got anything else for us? No, I'm good, man. Well, thanks for also, out, buddy. The, the the wily veteran JJ Redick, second game in a row where he's where he's uh wiling out a steal. Uh, what was it yesterday? Being uh, someone he was he froze Montrez. Oh yeah, that drive <laughs> yesterday was awesome. Ugh, oh, incredible. or two days ago, whenever it was. Time has no yeah, meaning. Yeah. All right, man. <sighs> thanks a lot. Keep sure up thing, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, Jason. Jason, how we doing? Let's go. Shut it down. We beat the Lakers two times in a row. And own the tiebreaker. Got the tiebreaker. Move up to six. I think they're the real truth. They get the five, but I'll leave that to talk to you sometime else. I just want to gloat about how terrible Andre Drummond is. And thank God they didn't get him. And he wouldn't even play on this team because he's worse than Dwight Powell and Willie Cauley-Stein. We talked about this in the post-game pod, even though I, I, I just couldn't help myself. He is a extremely talented basketball player. I don't want to misstate that. But my goodness, does that guy just not he, – I, I, he does things which actively hurt the team. And, and, Imagine Luca if he threw him a lob and Drummond just totally flubs it. And look. The look on Luca's face—it would be horrible. Oh my! Well, God. I mean, we we did we did see that with Luca. That was like the first half of the year with Luca throwing passes to Willie Cauley Stein. I mean, it's just like like being a role man is not easy. And Drummond is is just he he plays with just such a like the vibes around him suck. I, I, I don't know. Oh my god! It's like it's like Dallenberg. Like I, I talked about him in the chat earlier. It's like Dallenberg, so like somehow worse because he has worse hands and it's just like he just floats through games. It's the Willie experience, except a hundred times worse. Because the Willie, at least he tries sometimes. And like, yeah. Drummond and he's dirty. So much he, he's very dirty. The the knees, the knees on screens. I hate that. Ugh. Oh my god, it's just kind of disgusting. He thinks he's way better than he is. I'm thank God he's not with his team. It'd be really, really hard to root for him. But great win, everyone! I'll head out. Oh my god, let's go. We're we're streaking, baby. We're streaking. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for hanging out, Jason. I love Jason's energy. Uh, well, it's when 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 things are even when when things are bad. Jason's kind of the one who's like, "All right, everyone, take a break. It's gonna be okay." 
And so when he's excited, it makes me excited. I really, I'm a big fan. Um, okay, coming up next, Mark. Hey, Mark. Que paso? How you doing, Kurt? Well, I'm well. It's early enough in the evening. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna enjoy the rest. Yeah, it's always it's always good to enjoy a Saturday. I mean, overall, it was a very good win, and you know, I'm I'm one of those guys that's a little bit on the uh, the hater side of Dwight Powell. Um, I used to think for the most part he was overrated, and it's not because I think he's a bad person. He's a great guy, has a lot of energy. It's just sometimes he would do a lot of silly mistakes that I would just, you know, leave me scratching my head. Yep. But, you know, I- I'm very happy for him tonight. He really, he gave it his best effort. And, you know, I, I hope he can remain consistent in this manner. Because when he he works at it and he actually puts in every bit, like, he, he, he can do a lot of amazing things. Like, 92% is no joke yeah. at all. It's it's a doses thing for him where I think Carl loves his energy. Not only that, he sets great screens. I think I think Katie mentioned that in the chat below, but it's so important. Like no one else in the Mavs can set screens except for him and Redick. And it's there's just this temptation to use the guy who does the right thing even though he's getting beat. And Carl really leans on that at times. And so that's probably the only thing that could overly frustrate everyone is is if he, if he starts playing too much, but I don't know if that really at this point in the season, we're just trying to survive and make it through. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, it's, it's just, just something I think we should be happy about. And then, you know, they play next, uh, the Kings, it, you know, if he can bring that kind of energy against the Kings who the the Mavericks did not have any energy against, you know, the the last time they played like that, that's just sort of stuff. That's an intangible value. That's hard to hard to really put a numerical value on, but it, it, it works. So, um, yeah, with, um, sorry, you kind of cut off there for a second. Um, as far as, uh, that's concerned, like I, I take every game at a time now, just whatever happens, happens. I'm, I try not to get too, Excited, but not too angry anymore. Because at this point, it, it is what it is. We can only do this team can only do so much. But as the other gentleman said, we pretty much ride off of the energy of Luca. So if Luca can maintain a high energy, the rest of this team will follow suit. And then just yep. overall, what I noticed was there was just a lot more movement of the ball when Luca was second like, half there, for there were, sure. Yeah, because the first half there was a couple of times like they nobody moved at all, and Luca like would throw some passes that like you know like I would I'm just sitting there like dude freaking move to him help him, and the second half they did that they made the adjust the necessary adjustments and that's what I like to see an adjustment to yeah. find something else because even even Dwight Powell like besides him scoring he was actually making really good smart passes. So that's that's kind of what you like to see, and I'm glad Dorian Finney-Smith was was starting to get hot from deep. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but, the, the first half they just missed so many open threes. It was like, okay, guys, and then they they, they hit him. Yeah, from here on out, I mean, again, you you never know which Mavericks team you're gonna get, but hopefully we get a consistent one from here on out. And I just I hope Tim Hardaway Jr. can find himself again. I don't know what's happened to him lately, but hopefully we he finds himself again. Yeah, so Timmy, two thirteen tonight against the Lakers. He was he's something like seven or eight of thirty three against the Lakers all season. Like it was impressively bad, but the, you know that that they survived having another rough game from him and then from Brunson and then from Maxi as well is is impressive. I'm I'm gonna choose to to look at the fact that exactly, um, and that's all we can do is try to remain positive. Yeah, yeah well, um, but yeah, anyhow. Thank you for having me on again, Kurt. Of course, it's buddy. always a pleasure. Yep, glad for, glad you came up. All right, uh, coming up next is Andrew. Hey, Andrew, what's up? It's a great evening. The Mavs beat the Lakers. It is. So the uh, turning point of tonight's game has to be the double tech between Dorian and uh, Drummond, because after that, the Mavs just put the pedal to the metal. The one good THJ shot he had as he came up at the end of the third quarter and drained that three. And then Mavs just locked him down the fourth quarter. 
Yeah, I'm looking in the game log here because I want to see when that technical was and what the score was. Um, technical. I think it was mid third quarter, and the Lakers were up by four or five. Yes, it was sixty-eight, sixty-three, six twenty-four left, and after that, the the Mavericks proceeded to go on a forty-five to. Yeah, they outscored the Lakers by twenty points. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the way, they just really, they just really, good. yeah, that's a great point. I like this. They, they, they out, they, they went on a forty-five to twenty-five run to, to finish which, the game, which is the way you want to finish the game. And yeah. uh, the other, only other topic I've got is for the playoffs. The only team that scares me in the first round is Phoenix. I just got uh, yeah. really bad oh six oh seven Warriors vibe about Phoenix. If we had to face them in the first round, because we They're just really have, good. I hate yeah. playing Chris Paul too. That too, but we have not beat Phoenix, but maybe once or twice in the past three years. Yeah, yeah. they scare That's me. A- no, thank you. To yeah, them. yeah. Have absolutely, no one that can guard Devin Booker like at all. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got tonight, and let's enjoy the weekend. That's right, my man. Thanks for coming up. Anytime. Have a good one. All right, coming up next. Hey, Doug. What's going on? Well, it's a great night, and uh, the uh, the one thing, and I know we've talked a lot about uh, Dwight Powell tonight, but I do think uh, him being back, you know, whether he's calling having him back or not, but just having that role threat uh, is definitely, I think that changes a whole lot for the overall offense, and uh, that's that's something that's been missing for most of the year because even, even tonight, you know, when uh, when – Holly Stein, a couple times, it seemed like he stopped in the middle of the lane, and then he was forced to be a passer, and that just turns – that's awful. And He so, likes being a passer, though. That's what was so funny. He, like, I loves know. to make weird passes, and he would get it in the post, and there was, like, an obvious kick out two or three times, and he would do, like, some weird pump take. <laughs> like, he was like, oh, wait, I – Oh, it, it, it looks so awkward. And, uh, again, I wish that Dwight Powell, you could take his – because he just goes straight to the rim. He, he doesn't – I don't know if I've ever seen him catch the ball other than at the rim, you know, after he's uh, set a pick. And so, for some, for some reason, he just knows exactly where he needs to get to. And now he is at least – seems like he's caught – you know, a little bit more of his bounce back. And so, so that's really, really good. But uh, I like the fact that, uh, you know, in the middle again of a game where Luca didn't have to score 40 and all that, that the Mavs are finding ways to, to win. And so to me, that's that as we get towards the playoffs, there needs to be lots of ways they win, not just one way. Sure. Sure. And when Josh and I talked about the double teaming, that happens. Luka gets doubled uh, more than any player at the league. Um, it's something they're going to have to figure out long-term. I'm glad they figure out a solution tonight, but there's inevitably going to be different defensive counters. Luka just really got in his bag after he kind of got out of being a grump from the first half. And, and his, Dwight Powell's finishes were incredible, and I don't want to take anything away from that. But that doesn't happen unless Luka finds him in the hands with as little motion as possible. Like, all Powell has to do is make that decision. There's no reaching from behind or gathering. It's like Luke kept, hits him repeatedly in, in the, in the right spot. And that is, I mean, he's just a maestro. And he talked about this in post game where it's just like, this is the sort of stuff used to happen to me all the time when I was in, in your league. And it, he just doesn't get the, the NBA teams just let him score more. That's why I like, I'm, I'm very, I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see where his career goes from here, because I think that the teams are just going to have to double him because he keeps adding things to his bag. And, you know, he didn't shoot particularly well tonight. I could be wrong. I'm not looking at the box score. But it, 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 as he continues to, to improve his offense, the other teams, just there's really nothing you can do but, but double-team him and hope that his teammates can't make the play. Yeah, it's definitely something that is if the Mavs can figure out the the other four players on the floor what to do, uh, Luca's going to take care of it. And so, you know, that's, that's one of those situations where uh, definitely second half – so much better than the first half. And so, uh, again, great win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Anything else? Nope. That's it. Awesome. Appreciate you hanging out, my man. All right. Uh, coming up next, we got a few more people and, uh, then we're going to get on out here so I can go to sleep. Hey, Christian, what's up? Hey, Kirk, how you doing? I'm good. 
Yeah, I think we're all feeling pretty good. And, uh, you know, I, I had mentioned this earlier today. So for those that were in the room, don't want to repeat myself too much. But, you know, I, I before the trade deadline, you know, everyone knew that I kind of mentioned I think J.J. Redick would be perfect. And I think he has surpassed uh, the expectations and what I thought he could be for the team. Uh, especially this early on. And um, I think a couple things I underrated were just how, you know, he, he reminds me quite a bit of Duncan Robinson in the sense of just, even at this old age, just constantly moving uh, off the ball. And he's held up pretty well in defense, which is really surprised me. Um, I would like to see him starting and I would like to see, you know, depending on his health, uh, I trust Casey and that medical staff more than anything. Um, but I would like to see, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game, and I would like to see him start even if he only starts the first four minutes or so. Um, I think they hold off on that, though, because it's you don't want to play your cards too early. You also don't want to play the old guy into the ground. Um, so I, I, if it's a seven game series, I think that's an option. I really do. It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if Carlisle threw out a curveball, but I just doubt he does. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, Carlisle goes with his guys. So I always think that Tim or Josh will, you know, keep starting. And then in uh, in a crunch or in a slump, uh, we could try something new. But I think uh, the biggest thing is for me, this next game, you know, I'm, I'm everyone knows, uh, I'm not going to repeat anymore that you know, we need to show effort right away uh, from the tip-off when we play the Kings, especially without De'Aaron Fox uh, coming up. And so one thing that I would really like to see is I think this game is going to say a lot about the rest of the season and how we end it. Because if we come out with that energy, we should be able to win rather handily. And uh, especially if we're able to get out to a hot start, I would like to see, you know, if depending on how much we get up, Rick just kind of telling Tim, like, let it rip. You got the green light this second half or this fourth quarter if we're up quite a bit, and let's try to get you out of your slump in the games where we have that healthy advantage. Um, so that's kind of what I want to see, but more than anything, the energy and effort right away, especially against a poor team without their – Yeah, I – I, I just saw that he wasn't playing, so that's going to make a big, big impact for them because he just, I mean, my goodness, is that man fast. And then the Mavericks just don't do well in transition. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm looking looking forward to that game. Just, what is it? The Mavs are like 12 and 11 versus teams under 500. <laughs> something so bad. 12. We're actually 11 under and 500. 12. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a joke. Uh, well, as always, Christian, I appreciate you hanging out. Thanks for having me up, Kirk. It was a pleasure as always. And, uh, you know, hopefully we have the same feeling come up. I agree. Good point. All right. Coming up next, we got Matt Phillips. Matt, you probably have some cool numbers. Uh, so, one, as much fun as it is to be happy about the game and all of that good stuff, this game was yet again something where it's pretty simple, where it just comes down to shooting. In the first half, the Lakers were 8 of 21 from 3, and we were 4 of 15. In the second half, they were 4 of 24, and we were 9 of 15. And, I mean, as much as I'd like to say, like, hey, it's this and this and this, a whole lot of the game just comes down to who makes shots and who doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I I, I agree with that. I, it's just the way the offense was happening for the Mavericks was good process, and I feel good about that, that the you know, the way oh, the Lakers play such physical defense and, and the, that they overcame it was was really surprising to me, you know? Oh, 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 yes, and I absolutely agree. Like, we were getting good looks. Like, I was happy with the offense. I was happy with the defense. I'm just saying a lot of it is that one other thing I think – or I say one other thing a lot. I have more than one other thing. Um, a deal with that is it's good for us that we are getting these looks of people hard-doubling Luka because a lot of times teams are reticent to do that in the play. I mean, in the regular season, because if things, if the other team does well, 
if you double a player, then you are going to get scored on if the other team does well. You're if you're anybody's a tennis player, um, when you play tennis, if you're an offensive player, you say the match is on your racket, and if you're a defensive player, it's on the other player's racket. Basically, if you hard double a player that much, you are taking the game out of your own hands and it's in the other team. It's just if they execute. And so it is good for us to get reps against this because it's coming in the playoffs at some point because teams are just going to say Luca can't beat us. So I think it's important 100%. to see this. 100%. And, and if uh, the second quarter where they were just failing, where is the sort of that's the sort of video clip that the Mavs front office needs to watch and watch and watch and watch because they, you know, as good as Powell was tonight, Powell cannot be the only solution to that sort of play. And going into the offseason, they have to figure out something else that will work in that thing. Now, KP can be a difference maker. He just doesn't roll as often as I would like him to for reasons that likely have to do with the fact that he is a terrible biomechanic giant deer that just learned how to walk. So, I I don't know. Uh, I think it wasn't. I mean, obviously, Powell was fantastic. And I apologize for a lot of the negative things I said about him early. Uh, He was fantastic tonight and deserves a lot of credit but i mean i always come on here and talk about being dynamic i think one of the things that improved is we were much more dynamic we had the melee cut um we had jj running around like a madman we had yep. the play where brunson was actually a secondary creator where luca created an advantage by drawing the double gave it to i believe pal who gave it to brunson who drove and then created an open shot for dorian finney smith that he knocked down because he's channeling his inner kyle corver for the last month and a half but I mean, like stuff like that, all that we move better. It wasn't just, hey, Luke is going to run a pick and roll and the and the peop- the roller is going to semi roll and the other three people are going to stand still. And that really is just how you beat that. Sometimes yeah. you have to like the other people have to move. It, it's not complicated. Yeah, it's not like Luca going and getting trapped in the corner was like viscerally like it made me so angry. So like, what is he doing? And what he was doing is waiting for somebody to move. And it just didn't happen. <laughs> oh, well. They yeah, figured I mean, like it out. That, yeah, that's basketball one-on-one. Someone else go present yourself as a target. And, I mean, like, the, even the – and it was on Luke. Like, I'm not trying to make an excuse for Luca here, but the really dumb play where Morris stole it, where he threw it over his head. Yes, that's yeah. on Luca for making a dumb pass. But he's hard-trapped at the sideline. How has no one else come to him to make themselves available? Like, everyone's yep. still 35 feet away. Just like, oh, Luke is going to make some amazing pass here. Yeah. That's, uh, that's I, I, I spent an hour at a basketball practice today for five and six-year-olds, and the coaches were repeatedly trying to get the kids to understand, like, you have to go where there's space. And it's just it's kind of an elementary skill. And it's so the, these guys get so caught up watching Luca sometimes that they just forget this. And I don't think they know when to go because Luke is so unpredictable. But the, it's like, well, when he's getting trapped, like, go to the ball. Figure something out. I don't know. Yeah, I think one of the deals with that is that we get mad as fans. I know I'm not the only one. I know several other people pointed out. Um, we get mad at Luca for occasionally passing down simple passes to make super complicated pretty passes and everything. But yeah. a lot of times yeah. we don't present him with the simple pass because we wait for him to make the crazy complicated pass. And I don't know which one's the chicken or the egg if they quit presenting him with the easy one because he wasn't doing it. But I thought in the second half they did a better job of just playing simpler basketball. Um, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. I know you got to go and, I mean, I know you got other people to talk and everything, and I talk a lot anyway. No, you're great. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. All right. Good night. Okay. Coming up, Grayson. What's happening, Grayson? You there? Still working on the audio, I think, for you, Grayson. You know. Good to – can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep, you sound- All right, awesome. Always good to be to L.A. Uh, so someone brought it up earlier, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about it. With uh, Deer and Fox out in the next game, that's obviously a huge difference maker for the Kings. I'm a big fan of Deer and Fox myself. But do you think they should consider resting KP or Luka for this game? Or do you think this might be a little bit of a trap game since they play the Warriors the next night? It is a back-to-back, so they'll probably, I bet they rest at least one of them. But Ooh, that's a think? good point. I haven't really thought that far ahead. Um, I think they really have to... 
That's a good question. I hope they don't send anybody. I want Luger to ride this out, and I want them to press for the five seed. It's possible if they really keep going, and the Lakers are going to keep struggling because Anthony Davis is not the guy that people think he is. Is my is my one of my very fire takes. Um, I've maybe they said maybe they do rest Luke. I hadn't really thought about that because if if, if Fox is out, they're a different team. That's really interesting. And then the Warriors are just coming with such vengeance right now that you don't. Like Luca, he Luca loves playing the Warriors, loves playing against Steph. So I, of the two, that might be the one that they rest. But I don't know. Like KP, KP is going to be out for a week. Like there, we're going to get a lot of this stuff with with uh, KP as being as questionable. And then Carl in his pregame comments talked about how it was never really a thing that that KP wasn't going to play. Well, if that's the case, he's not. He's lying on the injury report. And I, I just think we have to assume KP is going to play until we're surprised. If that makes sense. It would be a really easy decision for them to rest Luke or rest KP, whatever they want to do, if they didn't throw away a lot of these games early in January where they <laughs> sat Luke in the polls. That's what I'm upset about. You know, that, you know, it's easy. Just go, just go ahead and win those games early, and then if you're in a situation like this now, you've got the flexibility to rest Luca and just throw away a Keys gang or, or something like that. So would would make life a lot easier for them if they had just taken care of business uh, earlier in the season. But, hey, what are you going to do? Yep. Yep. Well, Grayson, you got anything else? No, I'm just kind of at the point during the regular season where I, I watch the games, you know. I might watch it, you know, on my phone while I'm playing, like, the show or 2K or something. I'm just nice. ready for the playoffs to start because <laughs> uh, this team is very different in the playoffs. I remember last year – like going to you know little watch parties and stuff and seeing Luca doing all that crazy shit in the playoffs. But it's just so fun. Right. So I'm excited. No, it for is. That. It is. But, You're right. Yeah, I, that's I, all I, I got. Well, thanks for hanging out. Yes, sir. All right. Got a few more folks. Jack, what's happening, man? How you doing, Jack? Hey, Kirk. Thanks for having me on here. Um, sure. I don't know if this has been addressed yet uh, today, specifically regarding uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., but I, I really hope <laughs> we don't resign this guy next year. He's a career like 35.8% three-point shooter. Uh, last year, I think he was shot a little bit higher percentage. He wasn't doing as much of a hero hero ball, like three-point shooting. Um, he's doing a little bit more of it this year. Um, after tonight's game, if you adjust the three-point stats, Dorian Finney-Smith is shooting 39% from three. And uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is shooting thirty-seven point eight. Uh, there's only like a two. I think I think uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith shoots like five a game, and Tim Hardaway shoots seven. Um, and then if you just look at their, you know, apart from the volume shots that Tim Hardaway takes, if you just stat compare Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dorian Finney-Smith, Dorian Finney-Smith basically hasn't beat in almost every statistical category. So. And he's getting paid four million a year, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is making like nineteen, and that's probably what here's the thing. His salary is going to be next. Year. Here's the thing with Tim, though. Tim shoots the same percentage regardless of whether the defender is near him or not. Dorian takes sixty percent of his shots are wide open, and I mean wide open, and he hits. He's hitting them finally. I'm really glad. I'm not taking anything away from Dorian. Tim is that. Tim is the, the Jason Terry-ish role, um, and that has value. Because the guy who will shoot eight threes a game, there just aren't many. You go look at volume, like you go sort by the entire league and see how many threes people people take. And I heard saying, okay, he he could take less crazy shots. He's actually worked a lot of that out of his uh, out of his um his diet. Uh, but the Mavs still need it because with who they have on the team, sometimes there's just these, you know. You, you get a Brunson run at the rim, or you get Luca shooting a terrible step back three. Like there's just got to be. He he plays a role that that when he's on it is otherworldly, and then when he is off it is really difficult. And the last month he has been average to bad is is what I would say. Like he's had some games where he's been very important, but not as many as he had earlier in the season. And I I just I really do think they resigned him. Now what they resigned him to is kind of you know it's not my money. I'm not going to worry about it right now because they're going to go over the cap anyways. I mean, I, I I hear what you're saying. I just think that paying someone nineteen million dollars, you know, when it's just a bit too much for that. That's all. He he spaces the floor. 
Kirk talked about uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, like 60% of his shots are wide open three-pointers. Uh, Hardaway last time I checked was 22%. That's about, it might've actually been 19% of his shot. Uh, three-pointers are wide open. So he's really, he's pulling the defense out the same way that Porzingis does. But yeah, he's really streaky. It go, it comes and goes, but you know, it's, it's like Kirk said, who, who else is going to take those threes? Cause man, like look at Kleber tonight. He passed up. <laughs> Made me yeah, want to scream. I, kind of had, went on a rant about Clevo to my wife just sitting there. Um, she was collateral damage because I had nobody else to yell at at the time. So, uh, you know, he takes shots that need to be taken sometimes when nobody else on that team. Right. No, I, I, I do think it's worth discussing, though, because when it's it, when he's bad, he hurts. But that's why they're role players. And he, he probably he does get paid too much relative to what he brings. But so do most in like everybody gets paid too much relative to like your Lucas and LeBron's and Anthony Davis's like all these guys are milking off of everyone else's money. So yeah. Hard so I just tried to... The 26 cap spike was his contract. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. All right. Let's see. We've got a couple more people. Saeed, what's happening? My guy. You there? Hello. Can you hear me? There you go. You sound good. You're you're. Are you driving? Oh, all right. Doing I this? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm 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 good. I'm good. I was just trying to just, uh, connect to my headphones. Okay. So an interesting thing. I don't know if it may be a little bit of fool's gold with like the injuries to Jay Rich and stuff, but I like how Rick's kind of been um, uh, messing around with the two with the two guard spot at the end of games. Because I think this is like the first game that JJ uh, Riddick finished off, and I like that because. It seems that we. It's been a while since most of our two guards have played a good game together. Um, seems like maybe, especially because THA's been off lately, Brunson's been off. Redick seems the most um, consistent, but um, just just overall, the fact that he's willing to stick with the hot hand in that game is, is yeah. a good thing, which um, which I've kind of liked. And then especially because um, I don't think. There's going to be very many games that we will have to play uh, with a two a two big scenario. Right. Maybe Lakers, which it'll be a little bit difficult. The, the seating wise and everything, it's going to be kind of hard for us to face them. Um, so even if we end up playing like three guards, I think that would work out pretty well too. So just the fact that he's willing to change, which is kind of uh, kind of weird to say since he's been known to like get picked with his lineup so much. Um, but I like the fact that he's been letting JJ um, play a little bit more, um, maybe um, just slowly reentering or putting him back in the lineup, giving him more minutes would be good for this team in general. Um, and then again, just doing what everybody else is doing, just public apology to Dwight Powell. Uh, more, more or less, I think he gets he got a lot of the hate just because of the fact that we extended him for so much. Um, yes, when, for so long. Uh, when we really didn't need to. Um, yeah. It felt like we were uh, going against ourselves. But overall, the fact that he, it's kind of sad to say, but he's, he seems like the only one that has energy at times. Um, but the fact that they start him, him and Willie, even the way that they're playing right now together, um, just, I guess, going with whoever's playing better, uh Seems like it seems like a good scenario at the five um, when we need another or a two big rotation. And then um, one other thing, <laughs> hear me out. Maybe just maybe resting one of KP or Luca might be a good thing against the Kings, just for the fact that we play down to our competition so often. So maybe not being full strength might end up being a positive for us. No, you never, you never know with these guys. I'm not well. Like I've. You know, I, I, I sort of prepare different emotional mindsets for myself, depending on what's happening, where it's like I can see myself getting mad about the Kings game at like two in the afternoon on Monday when I hear that they're resting Luca. Like, that'll be fun. So we'll see. Oh, anything else for uh, us before we uh, that, head that, on out? That's it. Thank you. All right. Appreciate you, guy. All right. Uh, last but not least, we got Xavier. Xavier, you said you weren't going to talk, but I, I know I knew you wanted to. Yeah. I, I wasn't, but then Jack Jack's hot take just <laughs> I love it. the chat the chat's spicy. Everybody's it, having fun right now. It, it upset me for a couple and I'll be quick. I know you want to go to bed. I'm old too. So I feel your pain. So Timmy's the only shooter we have that it doesn't matter for defenders 
is closing out on him. He can rise up and hit a contested shot. He's the only one that can make difficult shots. And especially when Luca's on the bench and Timmy's out there with the second unit, he's the only one that can create his own shot with less than 10 seconds on the shot clock. So, yes, sometimes when he's in the slump, it's hard to watch. But honestly, without Tim Hardaway Jr., we don't win a lot of games over the past two years. Um, Now, Timmy... Now, I, this isn't the time for the conversation, but I think the only way we bring Timmy back is if we strike out on a major free agent. Reason being, his cap hold is so high that we won't sure. be able to find someone with you know, a $20, $25 million contract and bring back Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, now, if his cap hold was about $3, 4000000 million, we could do that. But So, unfortunately, I love Timmy. But the only way we can get to the next level is hopefully signing someone better than him. Um, and if we have to bring him back, that means that um, the offseason didn't go as planned. But that's all I had to say, Jack. I love Timmy. You're wrong. You're a thousand percent wrong. But that's all. No, this is great. I like I like when we're heated about things like this because it's it's more indicative of just how this team is is such a a jigsaw puzzle built on kind of uneven ground where if things aren't perfect, the pieces don't click and then it's very frustrating. But tonight was one where they worked out in spite of some of these frustrations, like the Hardaway three over, over Paul or over Marcus all was an objectively terrible shot. And it went in anyways. And then he has these wide open ones that he can't make. It's like, what is happening? But yeah, this is a fun game. Glad we did this. I'm glad I do this most nights. Um, yeah, so uh, let's see here. If you're hearing this on the podcast, it's going to be Sunday night to Monday morning. But we're talking on Saturday night right after the game. I wanted to give you guys some extra content. I'm going to mess around kind of with posting times in these things just because, uh, you know, people have different listening habits. I'm going to see if I can test around and see how we get on, on listeners. And, you know, I, I appreciate people have been sending me both email and uh, uh, Twitter DM feedback. I really appreciate it. If you like it or if you hate it, uh, these sorts of things. I know everybody in here likes it. Otherwise, why would they hang out on a strange audio app at uh, uh, Saturday night at one in the morning? Um, so, yeah, this has been great as always. Appreciate everybody's assistance and just generally hanging out. I've been talking about basketball. We will be back Monday night, a late, late game then, which I wasn't aware of until today. Which means I'll be tired the rest of the week. But you know what? The Mavs are going to win, and we're going to be really excited. Everybody have a delightful Sunday, and we will talk soon.